Hey, everybody. Welcome to the ABC's RPG's wrap-up episode for Werewolf the Apocalypse. Uh, this time around, I was a storyteller. My name is Justin. My pronouns are he, him. Today, we have with us Dalton and Spencer. Uh, I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Spencer. Uh, yes, uh, I played Z Osman, a Philodox Auspice werewolf this campaign, uh, part of the tribe of the Children of Gaia. Um, yeah, it was really cool because, uh, well, we'll get into it, but he has a whole backstory about being a philanthropist. So, <laughs> yep, I'm I'm Dalton. Um, I have he him pronouns. And during the campaign, I played uh, Benny. Uh, he was an Arun Gale Stalker, uh, one of the more fighty guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn us back to our real names on the background since I <laughs> have now said my piece on who I was and I don't need to remember it anymore. No. Nope. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, for our streamers who are just tuning into this, um, go back and watch the stream. Go watch the other episodes. You get so much yeah. more context. This is going to be weird if you don't watch just this one. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, if you are streaming in, Werewolf the Apocalypse is a gothic punk uh, adventure set in a kind of parallel universe to your own. Um, We've used the comparisons to Underworld several times. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So is the legal system. It still has the legal, so has the U.S. legal system. Yeah, yeah, that that, that also happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, yeah, so uh, it uh, deals with um, lots of moral gray areas and environmentalism, the difference between doing what's right and say eco terrorism. Um, you know, after all, you are vicious monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, we played with a few people the third time around. Um, we used the new um, fifth edition by Renegade Studios instead of the old White Wolf system. Um, you know, I think we want to talk about uh, maybe big parts of the system of course the system uses a pip system and if you're not familiar with that that means each attribute has a pool of uh one to five um pips or dots um and uh that each dot represents a die uh and the game uses exclusively d10 um uh, and everything is based on kind of a a base and difficulty system where one is kind of a routine thing, just starting your car any old normal morning. And uh, nine is, uh, well, it's really D9 because D10 is, you know, auto success. Um, but, uh, uh, or, or yeah. you know, uh, D9 is finding like one, the, the example that they use in the book, which I think is good to show you the, the difference between, a difficulty check of one and the difficulty check of nine is that one is starting your car in the morning and nine is finding one particular homeless person in the city of LA in one night. <laughs> Being able to track him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
be very, very difficult to do that. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool because like it still uses for like comparable to other tabletops, um, it still uses a like stat plus skill rolling method. But like you said, it's it's like your your the amount of pips you have is your dice pools. So if you have like two in in um your athletics and then one in brawl, then that's three d tens that you're rolling in total, which is pretty cool. Um, it also kind of restricts what you can do because, uh, uh, you know, really speaking, you'd have to roll pretty well to get a DC three if your pool was only three dice. You know, yeah. you only have two and one and one and the other or whatever. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I said two skills there. I should have said strength plus brawl. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If you're trying to bust down a door, strength plus athletics, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was a pretty sturdy door. It might be DC three, uh, and you'd need all three of those dice to be six or more, which is how they determine success. All the skill checks are kind of um, a, a successful die roll. It's six or more on the die, and the difficulty is really determined by how many successes you need. Um, the other fun thing about that is that allows um, the storytellers, uh, which, you know, if you're really only familiar with uh, Dungeons and Dragons up to this point, uh, that is the same word for GM, DM, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the uh, the group leader uh, establishes, you know, how many successes you need. And uh, likewise, you know, if you get more than the required successes, the storyteller has a lot of leeway uh, to give you bonuses mm -hmm. uh, based on how well you do. Um, which you'll see in our stream. Um, the other very big differences between um, this and most other um, role ta tabletop role-playing games is that it's... Uh, I don't want to use the term rules light. Um, rules flexible. Rules flexible. <laughs> um, you know, so you, you can kind of do whatever you need to do based on what your players are trying to do in the realm and, and just pick two things that make sense and have them roll that. And if it's like, like a normal check, it's like a two or a three, or if it's tougher, you know, it's you know four or five, whatever. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, I think that other tabletop play games will give you, you know, if they want to do this sort of specific action, it'll be this mechanic. Mm. Uh, and uh, Werewolf is like, well, I just picked two that makes sense to do that. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the story. Don't, don't, don't get too bucked down. <laughs> um, which can be a little bit of a double-edged sword. Um, cause your players will try and maybe fight something that doesn't have stats attached to it or the relevant stats you kind of need. And you just got to go with it. Uh, you got to pick what you need based on what makes sense, maybe about other stats or just give it a fair dice pool because you want to give it a good chance to succeed or just say that, 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 that's what I want. <laughs> because you're the storyteller and 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 uh you do what you won't mm -hmm. as long as it makes sense and it's fun for your team your your troop 
Um, let's see. Uh, so I think those are probably the biggest differences between that and most other um, tabletop games. Yeah. Um, combat work, wildly different. We talk about that during the... Uh, uh, but I don't hate it, though. Uh, it, it, uh, it's faster. Yeah. So if you're if you are playing with people that are not really combat oriented, uh, great game, great game because combat's supposed to last three turns max, and then something happens. You know, if they don't kill the baddie in three turns, the baddie runs off and may yeah. lead them to the next. Um, is is now just a plot hook. That's something I really enjoyed probably the most about this this rpg was because like i feel like the biggest problem with other tabletop role-playing games is that combat can turn into a slog like especially when i've run fifth edition um combat can last sometimes multiple sessions but definitely a session and if you have like newer people who are still learning everything they can do that slows everything down uh werewolf is basically just like no three 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 rounds move on <laughs> you should know who's winning in this battle and, and determine the outcome based on that, which I think is so cool because it, it goes into, like you're saying, the, the combat are contest are like contested roles where you're rolling against other people and, and defending by dividing your dice and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, it, yeah, I, I think that that they handled multiple opponent combat really well. Um, you know, so if you're fighting more than one person, which is very difficult, way more difficult than John Wick um, or, uh, you know, action movies make it look. Um, your your dice pool is divided based on where you're focusing your combat, um, how you're focusing your combat, which is cool because it keeps your the bad guys who usually have significant dice pools um, from overwhelming your players. And just mm. you know, CPK is possible very possible um but you know if your players are smart about combat um and and work as a you know your wolf fight as a pack um you know as long as as long as your your troop is doing that and being smart about their combat you know they can be able to get through most combat and pretty quick pretty easy unless there's something that's crazy uh or they're they're way out max um yeah, I I definitely agree. Yeah. I, I like the uh, contested, just both like everybody decides who they're fighting, and you roll your pools of dice, and whoever gets more successes deals with the damage. I think that works really well for like a more story focused system like this. Yeah. Um, and like the the combats are treated just like any other sort of like extended skill check or like series of skill checks. I think that definitely mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say it's like a it's like a positive for this type of system, but I also wouldn't hold it against D&D &D for having more protracted combats because that's kind of the point. Like you're yeah. playing D&D &D because you want to have like a interesting tactical like grid type of thing going on. Um, mm -hmm. Like you want to like be tracking how far you're crawling into the dungeon and making sure you're like keeping track of that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it goes back to the history of like it was built for dungeon crawling. Yeah, right. So. Right. <laughs> it just it just leans into the uh you you play the the right you play the type of game for like the type of play you want to have yeah um, that's why you don't try to shovel everything into 
5th edition because there's all sorts of other fully different games that are better at doing that type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Werewolf. Like, that's one of the things that Ashley couldn't be here today, but she really enjoyed Werewolf. So much so. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about our history in Session Zero, but, like, both me and her had played, like, a... Um, uh, the Heart of the Forest uh, uh, visual novel. And she was instantly hooked on the lore already. And coming in from that perspective and being like, oh, the whole game is just story driven. I can't wait to be a werewolf. She loved it. I mean, that's why she made a wolfborn and everything like that, because she was all all in all in on being a werewolf. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that is something that's kind of cool. That's also very different from a lot of, uh, you know, the usual games um, the uh you know um uh races work very differently um you know everybody's a human there is no really kind of thing of race uh they um you know you're either kind of a, a you're a wolf born or you're a human born um you know and this is another difference they had between you know, we can get to the differences and things that we liked. Um, you know, um, unfortunately, you couldn't be someone that actually had uh, two werewolf parents. Mm. Um, two Gauru parents, yeah. Two Gauru parents. Yeah. Um, yes, because they do not call them werewolves here. And werewolves, they call them Gauru. They're actually separate things that are werewolves, and they're not really accepted in Gauru society. Um, usually because it's mages or something that have stolen the ability to change. Yeah. Um, and they are not, they are persona non grata. Um, you know, uh, another big difference is uh, hit points. You know, health works very different. Um, you know, you have kind of levels of hit points that you can have and you can recover based on whether it's, uh, certain kinds of damage or not. So the only things that can, of course, really hurt werewolves are uh, fire and silver uh, and, you know, the teeth and claws of other supernatural beings. Um, uh, and they can heal them, you know, mid-combat. Almost every werewolf can do that. Um, yeah. Lots of, lots of good stuff going on there. Um, I, that was so crazy for me to find out was that it, not only do you have like two types of damage, superficial and aggravated, and superficial can turn into aggravated once it's filled up, um, but you have two separate kind of health bars. Like you have your health, your physical health, but your your mental willpower too. That can also take superficial and aggravated damage. Like yeah, like, psychological damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... And that goes into something we didn't really touch on. Like we didn't have the opportunity to. to to do but the rules do outline um like mental combat like uh yeah it, it treats like arguments and um like getting embarrassed yeah it treats those as like the same way it treats combat um mm -hmm. which i think is very cool and something that a lot of systems are are missing kind of like that mm -hmm. like a back and forth way to do like persuasion as opposed to just I mind control the person because I rolled high. Yes. Um, yes, which is a lot of times we're all familiar with the seduce the dragon. 
<laughs> yeah. The, Wait. You want to do in my game? Okay. You're not going to survive that interchange, but go ahead. Dragons can shapeshift for a reason. No, they're not. Not in my game, they don't. <laughs> not in my game. You get all dragon or you get no dragon? Yeah, you get all dragon. You want to you you get freaky deaky with the dragon. That's true. Why, why would a dragon lower themselves into the form of a lesser yeah. being? Gonna get Tijuana freaky on you real fast. Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, I just kind of hate that 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 trope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you seduce, no, you don't. No, no. The dragon doesn't want to. The dragon want, it doesn't want to do you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that goes back into what Dalton was saying, right? Like it's it's in in D anD D, it's kind of like an all or nothing, right? Like, oh, I rolled yeah. high enough. You I persuade you, him. Yeah. <laughs> where where this is a series of contests. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> did not pick your pocket. Oh, I guess these guys didn't pick our pockets. Okay, bye. Bye. Yep. Yeah. They're really yeah. nice. They're really nice. Those guys are really great. I wonder who picked my pocket. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that the back and forth, the, the willpower it takes. Um, you can also use willpower. You can just kind of do to do something at, uh, at the expense of willpower. You can force yourself to hold the door open. And you might take some physical and some mental damage doing so, but you can keep it open that last little bit. Because I, and the way is one thing I really like about the system is that it kind of really puts the players first over the system. Mm. Um, and the attitude is that you, your players could be able to do the cool things they want to do. It's a storytelling game. Let them be the main characters. They are, uh, you know dangerous solo main character energy aside um you know they should be able to do their their werewolves capable of fantastic feats and but um so they should be able to do cool things they want to rip a vampire in half at the waist cool strength plus brawl buddy do it <laughs> i hope you get it i hope you get it <laughs> yeah. You know, um, that was, you know, so that's, those are some of the, the main differences between that and a lot of the other, I mean, am I, I feel like I'm forgetting something. There's stuff, other stuff you guys wanted to talk about kind of differences, you know? Yeah. Going back before you get too far away, I want to talk about like how the, the dice pool system worked. Um, cause like in general, like I, I think it's very interesting to look at like the core resolution mechanic of an RPG and like why they chose to do a particular thing mm-hmm. um and like the the roll a whole bunch of d10s and count the amount that are greater than a six is is a fun fun enough thing like i mean i love it when player like players love rolling lots of dice at once that's very cool um yeah, yeah. but like on the surface it's not a whole lot different than rolling like a d20 and adding a modifier or rolling 2d6 and adding a modifier but what I really liked that set it apart was, and it was unfortunate that we missed this in the rules, and we can talk about that later, but replacing some of those dice with rage dice, like oh, representing yeah. like your consistent like inner rage as a werewolf. I thought yeah. that was like a really flavorful way um, to include that and keep your players thinking about that. Like there's always a chance that you will just rage out and just 
you'll be pissed off and just fail violently because like you're constantly fighting that inner rage and that being a part of every single role you make is very cool succeed greatly if you're trying to do something like physical so yeah or violent yeah i think think the key it's violent i think the key thing is violent not just physical yeah um you know i mean because picking a lock is a physical activity yeah but you know like oh i'm trying i'm gonna try and pick this pick the lock on this wooden door right uh you know and then you roll rate you know it's like oh okay cool well you got three rakes so roll your race die oh you got two uh you got two ragey rage yeah well you break down the door bust Mm -hmm. it down you're just like start fiddling you you try and lock pick but you're in chrono's form and your hands just go right through the door Mm -hmm. um and now everybody knows you're here yeah um (laughs) but just like the the physical we, we played online, but like the physical, like, oh yeah, I have like these normal D10s, but there's also these red ones with, with scary teeth on them. Uh, I think playing in person, that'd be a fun little, little touch. Um, yeah, I mean, I really like that. red D10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they sell like werewolf. They do. They sell a set of D10 werewolf dice yeah. on, um, Renegade site. Renegade's website. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's another. Thanks for bringing that up. So one of the other chief differences, you know, between this game and kind of any other game is the the mechanic of rage. Uh, I would say it's what's. Angry. Oh, sorry. What you saying? I mean, I would say that the rage mechanic and like handling rage is like the most like the unique thing about this game. Like mm-hmm. the the dice pull resolution can be found in other places and. And like the various like little bits, like that's all other other things. But like the the rage is what makes it werewolf. It makes it mm-hmm. like it makes this game this game. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree a lot. I mean, even from um, you know uh, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, another game by Renegade Studios, or another game that um, Renegade Studios revived uh, from the World of Darkness. Um, you have other kind of uh, unique mechanics there. The, I think the real thing with vampires, the the kind of social, political aspect of that game. Um, but um, yeah, rage in this, you know, you have a, a system called rage and that one is limited by five pips. And each time you want to do something, you need to roll your rage dice first to see if you don't freak out hulk out whatever you want to call it um and give in to this uh more than just kind of being angry this is a primal drive a primal passion um that fuels you as a being um it's kind of cool um you know if you are trying to be violent um getting ones on these guys or getting the, you know, the special flashy, I don't remember if they're, you know, kind of bitey looking, flashy looking anyway, um, the violent dice, uh, you know, you end up doing way more damage. Great. You know, you, your, your rage helps you just rend enemies of Gaia. Um, but uh, it can, it can really, it's, you know, that's, that's the, almost kind of like the nat one of the game that can really kind of throw a wrench in things. Yeah. Um, or nat 20, depending upon really kind of what you're trying to do. 
Um, you know, so if you're trying to break the door down, you get those uh, violent dice. Uh, yeah. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to hack a computer and you get GTA mess up some of your keystrokes and punch the monitor. Um, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, I like that. It's fun. Yeah, I like that, but that's it's uh it was a it was really fun. Overall, I would say it was really a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, is what else do you guys want to talk about? Things that you like, especially as, as new players. Um things that you kind of appreciated. How much backstory and is is tied first off, hugely rich story for something that's story focused, hugely rich like backstory and stuff like that. Love that. But the advantages and flaws, normally, like when we went into it and I heard advantages and flaws and we had to choose them, I was like, oh, great. Like, I don't want to do this. This seems like, I don't know, a part of me was it was was kind of dragged my feet because I was like, oh, I have to figure out what all I want with this. But then like being able to be like, oh, I can pick a day job. Uh, and then it does this benefit. And then, oh, I can have some fame. You know what? I'll tie these two together into my backstory. And then, oh, well, hold on, though. Fame can also have a negative effect. And I'll use that for part of my negative effect. And I have an infamous partner. And I immediately, like, I already had kind of the concept idea because that was part of the character process. But then going to advantages and flaws, all of a sudden I, like, knew what I wanted to do for this character. And he had years of backstory made just because I was, I, like, was... I was inspired. I was inspired by the advantages and flaws and how that could affect my in-game play of the story and how that could happen. I mean, that's Justin. That's why you had that police officer specifically tailing my character the entire time. Right. So, well, I mean, I don't want to take away from your own accomplishments. Yeah, Um, (laughs) it definitely didn't help the situation. You you did plenty to earn that, Um, you know. (laughs) So, so don't 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 sell yourself short there, buddy. Um, <laughs> you you are the reason the cops were suspicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I really also enjoyed Spencer the just how how well it blended like mechanics and story together. Yeah. Um, and and the like advantages and flaws are definitely a huge part of that. Um. Mm. Like like you were saying, like you'd come in with like a an idea, like a character concept, but picking those definitely helps like flesh out details and like add mm-hmm. add a lot of like depth and complexity and like intrigue that to a character that you might not have like initially thought of and like getting you to think about aspects of your character that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of at first to kind of like yeah. put in nice little details to add and um forcing players to add those details to their characters so the uh, GM has a little bit easier time uh, incorporating fun things as opposed to like grasping at straws and guessing and yeah um, yeah because like I like I, that as the storyteller um, you know yeah. you have picked your your advantages and flaws you have picked them and that is you know the cool thing is they um, choose to um, you know you build who you are first and then the werewolf element of who you are is added on top of that 
which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's where like I because we have touchstones these these people that kind of like bring us back to kind of Earth is how I kind of think of it. It kind of mm-hmm. reminds us of like uh, who who we are as a person and and ground us back into our normal lives. And there was like a couple I, I Lizzie and Sadie, I kind of already had kind of going. But like my third one, Bill, who's like my coworker, he directly came from those advantages and flaws because the advantages and flaws. That's where I, I, I was like, well, he's a philanthropist and he wants to have a nature conservatory. That's his day job. And oh, he has this fame and stuff like that. And then like my backstory flowed from there. And I was just like, well, he's got to have like probably one of his closest friends is at to the company. So then I was just like, Bill, Bill, this guy named Bill, he's he's one of my touchstones because he he works at the company and he's like my go to guy. So, yeah. Anyways, goes back to just flowing with the backstory and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about things that you didn't like, you know, coming in new and fresh? Because I know I have some things, but they were really kind of more of a comparison between me previous edition and uh the new edition standalone wise flaws like uh oh i do have yeah i mean but this is you know yeah i can i could expand on that but what about you guys i have some stuff that's more storyteller centric yeah um, as players what do you do my biggest thing is just the how the core rule book was organized um and like Mm -hmm. that's not that's that's a non-trivial problem to solve i don't think there's ever going to be a perfect way to lay out a rule book especially one that's how how many pages is the werewolf rule book like 300 oh, 400 is. pages <laughs> well no it's thicker 334 than yeah like there there's there's not going to be a perfect way to lay that book out and i yeah. i understand that but i do think that a couple things should at least have like one page like this is exactly how it's gonna work front to back like the the biggest example i can think of is how you assemble your dice pool and roll it and the results are split up into like two different sections of the book um yeah like it it describes like here's how you assemble your dice pool you take your your trait and your stat and you add them and you roll them oh and then like in like one sentence at the very end, it's like, oh, also you have to replace some of those dice with rage dice. And you're left like, what, what, what is that? Who, what's that mean? And then it's not until like a hundred pages later. Yeah. A hundred pages later, you read the rage section and it finally clarifies and you're like, oh, that's what that means. So yeah, that was, that was going to be my, my big thing was that I didn't, I didn't know how the replacing dice of rage really worked. And it and I'm glad there there was a section that clarified it, but the biggest thing was I I think and we talked about it. We found a cheat sheet on Renegade's Discord server that some kind person posted for us. And mm-hmm. that gave like examples of how how like uh uh tests are done, difficulty tests. And um it gave different examples of here's what a successful one looks like. Here's what a bad one looks like. And here's what happens with brutal criticals. And it did it both ways. Like, you know, like, Hey, this is a nonviolent one. You got two brutal cool criticals. 
uh, so it fails. But this one, you got two brutal criticals, and but it was it was break down a door, so it was a success because you got this many successes. And just seeing that breakdown, that's when I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's how that works. Okay. Yeah. But like something like that should just be there should be a page of the book that does that. It, yeah. it shouldn't be up to like the fan community to to make, make a, cheat a cheat sheet, sheet. for you. There's, yeah. You should publish a cheat sheet that has the, the rules for resolving a check. They always put like yeah. all of the combat like- was also likewise kind of difficult. Like, you know, that that section on combat, you really have to just kind of very carefully read the whole thing. Yeah, it was it was a little messy. And I mean, that might be one of those things where it there's no real clean way to do it. And you just have to mm-hmm. work your way through it a couple times before you start to figure it out. Mm hmm. Um. You you said Dalton to like include that uh, cheat sheet. I mean, like all all the time, RPGs include like an index, like the character sheets, and maybe some other stuff. Like in the back of this one, they have instant werewolves, like quick things that you can like put down for like how to make a werewolf real quick, and it, you could really easily put a cheat sheet in there and everything. Do they have a screen like a storyteller screen? Uh. I think you can get one through Renegade. Yeah. Um, and I think it's free. Um, so it's printed out. But, um, you know, the other thing is, is um, you know, as a storyteller, you don't really need one. Yeah, I just think, like, the for for, like, other games, like, the GM screen normally has, like, those sorts of, like, flow charts yeah on the back yeah yeah like how the, the yeah like the little rules summaries mm-hmm. things like that that'd yeah be like, that would have been really helpful that's like the place i think of when i think of like those little little doodads that help clarify things and, and give summaries of stuff like the uh the avatar one i got they they published that one later but it had like here's the flow of combat here's like all of the the moves that are available to the players and stuff um, yep. I mean, I don't know. This game is still fairly new. Um, so that's probably like on the list of product to make eventually. Um, mm-hmm. Not always. Like priority is get the core rule book out and get it in people's hands. Um, yep. And then almost like you, you watch stuff like this and listen to people's feedback and you learn what needs clarified and what needs put out there. So there's probably mm-hmm. people monitoring discords and things with like okay i guess we do need to make that a t- we need to make a cheat sheet for that we need to make products for these sorts of things i apologize for stepping away speaking of raging my dog raged out on a box of kleenex so i had to go put her away oh man <laughs> classic it's just she didn't even touch the kleenexes she just wanted the box so anyways <laughs> um as you're we saying uh yeah no, so we were talking about the just kind of one of the the biggest kind of shortcomings with this. Really, not even with the game necessarily itself, but really just how the handbook was organized yeah. was uh, a little messy. Is not even just a, a, it, not super intuitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, at times. In- uh, which was a shame, and it really is. It's kind of like, so you know, you as your as the storyteller, um, 
would have to really make sure you read that thing cover to cover, unfortunately, and just take, I don't know, however long it takes somebody to read something like that. Might be long, might not be. I will say, like, I go back and forth on this. I think right now I appreciate that it was all one book um, because there are some, some, some companies um, that might be like near bodies of water and cast spells uh, that would have published like three different books that all cost $50 as opposed to the, as opposed to the one book that like included, like here's the GM tips and stuff. Here's all the lore. Here's all the player rules. Um, yeah. and it was all in one complete book. Um, yeah. yeah. is not to say like, I don't know if I would, I wouldn't turn down like a paperback, like 25, 30 page book that like, here's the player facing rules. Yeah. The, the player pamphlet. Yeah. I can... Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. Um, or divide the core book up into maybe. smaller more affordable chunks yeah smaller smaller chunks um or yeah i mean just organize it slightly differently i bet yeah again um you know i think that uh white wolf was really good about that with Mm -hmm. um the way that they set up their books and this is a very uh you know it's it's a pretty faithful adaptation um from from the original game uh, there were some there were some pretty big changes all in all, um, largely regarding the lore. Not even so much the lore, but uh, the tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a bit um, from the previous version, but other than that, you know, they. I don't even know if they changed the name of the evil corporation. I think it was still Pentex in the uh, the old version. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, I mean, the only thing that you really could maybe get on their case about was that it was a little sanitized hmm. uh, when it came to how they described each um, tribe of werewolves, um, you know, the glasswalkers, the Red Talons, the, you know, because um, in the previous version, um, there were a lot more allusions and a lot more um, cultural representation oh. um, in, you know, uh, in terms of um, some of the, uh, specifically the naming of the tribe. Um, uh, you know, so uh, one of them was the Uktena, where, which was a specifically, um, and I always thought it was like one of the cooler classes, um, but it was, um, kind of your character was supposed to specifically be um, of first first nation heritage, um, so you know Indigenous American, Native American, first nation. Um, you know, and if anybody's watching, you know, please correct me on 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 which I usually just use first nation mm-hmm. um, to describe the people of the first nations of America. Um, but, uh, you know, they also had, they, they changed, and I don't know which one it became, but there was also the Fiona, um, and I forget who they were, um, but there were, uh, they were like a Celtic kind of, um, 
background because uh, there were wolves in in Ireland and Scotland at one point um, they were hunted to extinction but um, this kept that tradition kind of alive about talking about the um, you know kind of kind of those um, you know and I I get why they did it um, you know and it, it's a real shame that we had to sacrifice um, you know, tribes like the Wendigo and the Fiana and the Uctena. Um, but people got a little, um, racist when it came to the, um, when it came to the Oh, Lord. Or the Get of Fenris. Mm-hmm. Get of Fenris. Um, yeah, it's, it's a... Like, oh, we're Northern Europeans, so that means we have to be fucking Nazis. It's, um, it's a tough balancing act. Um, like, about... It is. It's a tough tightrope to walk. Um, and yep. I can understand there being a little bit more of a backlash, because from what I was reading, there were a couple missteps um in uh vampire the masquerades fifth edition um mm-hmm. that that was made um and uh surrounding some neo-nazi aesthetics and some some other other material other questionable material that you probably don't want to associate associate yourself with or put in a book mm. um, you can read more about that on your own time if it's interesting to you but i can understand kind of taking a step back and sanitizing things a little bit and maybe they yep. they took it a step too far maybe they didn't and i'm i don't think i'm i personally am equipped to to make that determination no i agree with you i think if it comes to if it comes to making it slightly over sanitized yeah. for the sake of preventing uh, the more unsavory elements, then that's just the call that has to be made. Yeah. And the the biggest issue that I see, and once again, it like Dalton said, it it's a little hard to talk about representation when we have three white guys here. Yeah, talk- three white men talking about representation. <laughs> but but yeah. uh, I will say there is Coyote and Crow. It is a tabletop RPG written solely by a team of indigenous people. And we, me and Ashley actually own it and how they address it, because the biggest thing in that book is um, it is a alternate kind of history where basically a giant volcano or some sort of apocalyptic event happened in Europe. So colonization never came to the Americas. Um, so it's kind of like an alternate history in that way, but it's a little bit of magic and technology and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, how they do it, though, is that they say. Specifically, they address in indigenous people and non-indigenous, and they're like indigenous people. Hey, this is our book. We have a lot of love tribes and everything in here. If you want to put your tribe in this book, please do it. We we made this uh, so it's completely adaptable to your tribe, and you can sl- and put them in here. And then for non-indigenous people, they're like, hey, we everything we put in this book you can use. The tribes in this book are made up. We made them up. You can use that. You can play those tribes. Do not put 
tribes that that from from real world into this book or pretend to be that because that can be offensive to a lot of indigenous people. Uh, so we ask you, please don't do that. Please be respectful. Um, and but please use anything in this book. And that's that's like kind of what you're saying, Justin. There is a way to have representation still in the book without mm-hmm. kind of like just removing it completely. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Again, though, I get I get why they did it. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's really again. And we're trying to I am really uh, nitpicking stuff to for for the sake of our our discussion here um so that we can kind of you know address the issue in general i honestly don't think it really took anything away Mm um i I, you know i know i know that not everybody agrees with me whatever that's fine i oh yeah the grognars are gonna be upset yeah the grognars are gonna be real upset Um, but like you know i mean yeah i don't frankly i don't care um <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it also and, like yeah sorry what were you saying whatever they publish in the book or don't publish in the book isn't going to prevent people in their own home from doing what they want with it mm-hmm. um yeah. like i think you can you can leave out all of the the real life comparisons and the um kind of like more touchy subjects and let people explore that on their own in like, in like ways that they're comfortable with. Hmm. Um, and. Oh. oh, sorry. What were you saying? No, no, you you were going to say something. No, no. I was trying to figure out who the, the, the tribes ended up becoming like mm-hmm. which ones were, were uh, ended up becoming, I'll which, but do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, kind of like what, what coyote and crow does. Um, I think that is, is a perfectly reasonable expectation. Um, don't, yeah, you, here's, here's this fictional setting we've come up with. Use the fictional stuff. Don't, don't bring in like your, your half baked, um, half understanding of things and, and caricaturize stuff that, that you aren't like, that you don't have any knowledge of or, or equipped to deal with. And especially don't do it in public at people who are going to be offended by it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because that's at the at the end of the, these are games. They're yeah. supposed to be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's not fun is you making fun of other people's cultures. Yeah, and like, so, like end of statement. Yeah, yeah. And, and like it gets it gets more closer to like be where you have to be a little bit more careful about it in games like this that are explicitly taking place like in present day and is trying to tell stories that relate to stuff that are happening today and like very real issues we're dealing with. Um, I like werewolf, the apocalypse I think is, is kind of meant to help you explore more modern stories and um, present day issues in, in, I think interesting in cool ways. Um, But that does kind of like, bring you closer to the um being hurtful to to particular groups if you're not careful and not being not coming at it with the intent of being respectful um yeah 
and I think the the book itself did a good job of, or at least doing its best to kind of like keep you on the right path. Like you have to actively mm -hmm. go against what the book is trying to do mm -hmm. to venture into that kind of problematic gotcha. territory. Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so again, for all intents and purposes, I thought they did a pretty good job and I thought it was a pretty uh, faithful adaptation um, from the third edition. Um, and uh, I thought they did a pretty good job i love um, the storytelling aspects of it for sure and i'm glad to hear that like i'm coming in brand new into fifth edition and then like you're saying like oh okay yeah they changed some of the lore but it's not like huge changes right really just changed a lot of the naming from things yeah and they did change some of the some of the some of the lore surrounding the like the individual um like tribes don't now now don't come from specific areas anymore um and again you know that's what we need to do to make sure that uh we are not being offensive to people then yeah. that's what we need to do yeah because becoming a garu it's so interesting because even in the book they kind of leave it up for the game master's interpretation right like they're just like gaia chooses you uh, most werewolves don't know how it's done, but Gaia chooses you and you become a werewolf. You don't, your parents don't have to be a werewolf. You're just, you just become a werewolf one time, <laughs> sometime. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's really cool role-playing aspect. I love that. I love that. Uh, cause I, I think it used to be different, right, Justin? What? Becoming a Garou. It wasn't just a random choice. Like all of a sudden, like, boom, you're, you're, you're. A no, werewolf. yeah, it was. It was? Yeah, you, oh, it was well, yeah, like like it's not a random choice. Well, I guess it is. It's a random choice on the part of Gaia. Yeah. <laughs> she picks you. She picks you. And, and yeah. Sometimes there was like stronger lineages. Yeah. Like a, a a well, like, yeah, not even who your parents were. Like it happened a lot in your family tree. Mm, okay. Um you know, like every once once a generation mm. someone would be might be your it's, cousin might have been your mom in the visual novel i read it was the main character's grandmother which i thought was interesting yeah it, exactly it, like, skipped her parents and then yeah um so they they yeah they did that um and they say that in the book it it, it calls out that it, it is there's really no rhyme or reason to um, who is and who is not Garou. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, combat was vague, but not really so vague that you couldn't just kind of figure it out as you're playing. That's the other nice thing about it. Um, the level of rule of cool is pretty solid. Um, it lets you just kind of keep the game moving, even when you're relatively unsure. Yeah. Um, the other thing I thought was really nice from the storyteller perspective is the way that they're writing their, um, the way that they wrote their, or, you know, speaking, you know, 
flip side of things that I thought they, uh, right, things, you know, may have not liked as much. Um, things I really liked and really appreciated, especially as the storyteller, was uh, how they set up the module. Oh, um, yeah, from your yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so the module was pretty cool. You know, they give you kind of a background on who the big baddie is and what's going on and how it came to be. And they give you some, you know, kind of NPCs that are involved in all of this. Um, you know, and then they specifically call it out like, you know, this this exists in kind of, you know, a slightly different dimension, you know, and kind of those multiple Earth series um, you know, philosophy in, in, you know, that kind of definition of dimension, um, alternate reality, um, of, uh, you know, so, so put this, put this setting in your city or a city that everybody's familiar with. Mm -hmm. So that way people understand the lay of the land, you know, we're not, it's not like, a game like cyberpunk where you're kind of starting from a civilization ground up like nope it's just regular old kind of super polluted late 20th century or yeah. uh, early 21st century or um uh the other cool thing i thought that they did was um you know they kind of set it up where like here are your plot points here are your points of conflict and the main part that we're really trying to get here is your players need this information to, or should need this information in order to kind of push themselves onto the next scene or act or whatever you want to, uh, into the next act. Yeah. Um, and if they change scene on you randomly, and go where they're not supposed to go or go where like you kind of hadn't planned. That's okay. Just put that information in to where they do go. The next spot. Ah. Yeah. Just wherever they end up going, work it in there. It'll be mm -hmm. fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it too much. Just work it in. It's fine. You know, they, they, they do, call, they call out some stuff like, you know, you're supposed to in the starter module, your, your character's supposed to hack uh, this guy's computer. And, you know, if your character's, and didn't really take you know you don't have any glass walkers or whatever anybody that's like real high tech uh you just make it analog mm. you just rifle through his rolodex and filing cabinet mm. you know um or put it you know he left his phone out and doesn't have a password on it because he's a boomer or yeah. whatever <laughs> uh, it's, it's too much yeah, yeah, he's dirty, so you can tell where the the code is and make him roll a investigation check or whatever um, to be able to map out the four digits. Um, yeah, just like with like advantage and flaws, how we were talking about, it really helped us get into character. Having it like explicitly tell you pick a city that they're familiar with, make it your city. And all of us being like knowing Columbus and being able to take a place there. Like I could vis I visualize like I'm just like, oh, yeah, I know like where we're at. I, I know where we're going. OK, we're in Hawking Hills. OK, we got to drive back. That's a wild way. Stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, 
we'd always set stuff in New York growing up when I played this game. Um, which, yeah, you know, if you had to get to a cairn out in the middle of the Adirondacks, it's like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's far. Um, yeah, so it, it it is cool. It lets players, it lets you and your group make it your own. Really, really kind of tailored. Each game is very tailored to you and your group. Um, um, they give you a lot of freedom and leeway as a as a dungeon mat, you know, because I've gone through in other RPGs, who we won't name names about their publisher, uh, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, you come to this camp of little fantasy creatures. Um, they can do this tech, this tech, or this tech. Um, in terms, and, and this is like, okay, well, wherever they go, you're trying to you're trying to give them this information not like you're withholding this information you want to actively give it to your players um, you want to give it you want to it is your responsibility as the storyteller to give them this information so they can um, go from this scene to the next scene and then ultimately progress to the next act um, uh, which was uh, really helpful because sometimes you guys, did stuff I wasn't ready for. Um, I don't want to name names, Spencer. Um, the, you know, you you go and talk to police when they're looking for you. That's what you do. Yeah, you, do. you When the police are looking for you, you don't just walk away before they can see you. You go and lie poorly to them. Yeah. Not only do like, you lie, you lie poorly. Yep. Like, I could have easily just, like, it was my... You tell I could blatant lies poorly. Yeah. Spencer, yeah, uh, your character really, really needed to learn, learn the lesson that you can never talk yourself out of an arrest, but you can talk yourself into a conviction. Someone yep. really needed to to sit your character down and teach them that lesson. Oh, they almost learned that lesson more than once. <laughs> they got like this close. Um, didn't say anything super incriminating. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah man you 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 just ooh. and you were the you were supposed to be like the smart one yeah which is hilarious um, well you know anyway. like you was smart that doesn't mean that i am <laughs> uh, yeah no uh but yeah i think i think all in all you know that was that was uh you know and then they 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 kind of leave it open-ended they give you a few more like Things that we, because I didn't bring in a couple of things in the in the book, because it just didn't make sense to bring them in. You guys didn't need that <laughs> happening. Um, also, you know, we were trying to keep it to just a few sessions. <laughs> um, it probably could have been spread out into more. I think that if you had a really kind of efficient group, you might have been able to do it in less. They say it's a one shot that should be able to get done in four hours. You would re you would need a really goal oriented group. Mm -hmm. Yes, like I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Sessions, so I thought, like yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, three or four sessions. I think you can do that first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they really. I don't think anybody when they're saying that are accounting for the learning the game time. True. Um, True. Yeah, if you had a bunch of veterans, yeah, who had already played third edition a million times, yeah, um, yeah, like the people playtesting it knew and understood the game. Um, mm -hmm. 
So they were probably basing how long it took off of people who like fully and, and wholly understood the rules well and didn't have to like go look stuff up or and things like that. They were just kind of yeah, playing. The game. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like it, it's uh, one of those difficult problems that are very hard to solve is estimating how long an adventure is going to take. That's kind of an impossible yeah. problem. Right. You have to pick a baseline and the baseline is is like excluding the learning the game part. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, and also to combat that, I think that they did include the um, uh, time frame issue. Mm-hmm. So like you can be like, hey, the day is progressing. You can't just sit here in the you can't just sit here in the shop all day. Um, you know, cause we've all had that in other games, uh, mm-hmm. where your party wants to sit in town and shop the whole session. Yep. Um, you know, so I thought that one of the good things that they re- they did here was, you know, you're on, there's a ticking clock. Um, the bad guy is actively looking for the same people that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And if he beats you to them, that's a problem for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because your goal is to keep, yeah, he won't be able to keep them alive if he gets there before you. He's gonna, he's gonna murder them. That's what murderers do. That's what murderers do. <laughs> you know, they, they get to the murdering. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. All in all, you know, I thought pretty faithful adaptation. I thought that. Um, you know, despite the slightly confusing organization of the rule book, uh, you know, especially once you got the seat seats on, uh, game flowed a lot more quickly. Yeah. And uh, you know, I would uh I put it in the recommend file. Oh yeah. I'd put it in sure. the recommend file. Uh, you know what else could have uh, helped it out other than a cheat sheet for the organization? Your DM being your storyteller being a little bit more prepared. Yeah, maybe. No, no, I was going to say adding flow charts. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. Well, they do have kind of that that uh, the how the group knows each other flow chart, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the module is set up where it's like, hey, this is act one. This is what we want to happen in act one. This mm-hmm. is how you get from act one to act two. Um, you know, so it really is. I mean, it's reads a little bit like a movie script honestly um yeah i mean to, I was... to a, a certain degree um sorry i mean yeah, i was gonna say to a certain degree it's a little bit like a movie script yeah there, there were definitely like a couple systems that like i would be excited to, to interact with more um if i were like play the game some more and like that i think were were cool um that just like didn't come up because like uh, the that's kind of the nature of what we're doing we're we're, we're playing a small slice of the yeah. intro game. Um, but definitely some yeah, cool, basic. some cool ideas like the, the like just, you just alluded to it, the relationship map and like actively keeping track of it. And it being like a gameplay tool is something neat and something that like, I'm, I'm probably going to like keep in mind after reading it um, to like add to other yeah. games. Um, I think that's super cool. It being like a collaborative thing that the entire party or troop works on together and keeps updated. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. a, a cool tool. Kind of like how um, Avatar didn't invent it. It came from uh, other game, other systems, but the the idea of clocks um, mm-hmm. as like a transferable, like little subsystem mechanic 
was it blades mm-hmm. in the dark that came up with it or I don't know did if, that exist? If, if blades in the dark invented it or if it was um the uh, apocalypse world that spawned mm-hmm. the whole like um powered by the apocalypse genre i know yeah. forged in the dark heavily features clocks clocks i just don't know off the top of my head if they were the first to do it or not introduced in apocalypse world okay just found that out because yeah. yeah. I, I knew it was a a pretty big cornerstone of power by the apocalypse games and for and blades in the dark is an offshoot of that school of game mm-hmm. um but yeah that i i did want to i wish we could have interacted with like the cairn systems in traits because i love like the base building like the idea of having like a home base yeah um, yeah yeah. I think that that's very cool and to have a system for it and it's is neat and it's one of the only things I'm excited for in the new round of D&D rules is the uh, is the bastions. Yes. Um that's like one of the few things I'm excited for. Is I kind of a stronghold bastion system. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they're influenced by cuz I have Matthew Koval's uh, strongholds and, and followers mm-hmm. so i wonder if they were influenced by that a little bit or if it was just something that like the fan community were like we we want uh, this and so they added it we want to build castles i mean like yeah. that's that's something that i think has always been a part of D and like was yeah. more something that was missing than something that they're at that they're like like doing something new like yeah. high level D or og D, like advanced D and stuff was about like you become a ruler of your mm-hmm. own kingdom and you have yeah. hirelings and like you're that was how like martial characters became powerful was because they were commanding armies <laughs> um as opposed <laughs> yeah. to the wizards who could like cast more and more powerful spells like your fighters became kings yeah so this is more i, yeah. I view this more as like a modern return to form than mm-hmm. um aping matthew Coville. <laughs> makes sense but it's cool that like werewolf has that like mm-hmm. built in yeah it's it, that's like that's cool there's there's like it's not just like here's a base storytelling mechanics just go it's like no no, no there's there's systems yeah. that you have to maintain and balance and do yeah uh, yeah i did think that they did that really well is that there was kind of a system even if it was just a loose system in place to do anything you could kind of think of related to being Garu or in Garu society. Like there is a rule for how you have to argue in a tribal setting, in a, in a group of Garu, when a bunch of Garu get together, they have a lot of rules and their society is actually kind of almost ironically rigid um, because they're such creatures of violence and um, rage. Uh, You know, Having a formal argument is so formalized that it has its own kind of separate rule system. Mm-hmm. Um, not separate rule system, but like a system governed by this, you know, D10 pit system mm-hmm. uh, about how it's supposed to work. Um, you know, and, and, you know, that was, you know, we didn't get into why Galliards, their kind of like Bardic class is really cool because they're really good at that kind of thing. Um, we didn't get into building a full cairn, although you guys did get one at the end. Um, the ability to, yes. Yep, the ability to. Um, 
the rights and stuff like that, uh, you know, we just very, very briefly touched on, um, you know, because there aren't so much spells in werewolf. There are these things called rights, and they take time to do, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, and then there's gifts, too. Those are not really spells either. Um, the rule of cool i thought it was really cool that you let ashley perform that one right like so we could follow that uh that uh uh spirit yeah yeah we were like at the end of the game and i'm like all right nothing nothing that we really i mean you guys have done great so far uh uh, this isn't gonna affect anything yeah um you want to you want to kill the final spirit you want to kill the the evil spirit go ahead yeah Super Knock cool. yourself out, guys. I want you guys yeah. to have fun with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, let's see. We have been casting for like an hour. Um, I don't know if there's anything we're really forgetting to talk about with the system. Anything we normally talk about during these wrap-up sessions, you know? Um, other than other than flowcharts, also tables. <laughs> I don't know. I just like that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it, there's not a whole lot of like items in werewolf and stuff like that, like you would have in like cyberpunk. But I always think kind no. of like grouped up information or examples that kind of like organized in that way just goes back into organization of the book. But I don't want to harp on that too much. I think the book was is is fantastic. I think this is a great system. And I love that it's also interconnected with like the other like Verifier the Masquerade and also Hunter the Reckoning. Like it all yep. uses the the same similar system. Different different people are gonna use different mechanics, but like it's all the general kind of same system, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Um yeah uh werewolf or uh vampire and um uh hunter um uh, pretty much the same thing. Uh they just kinda, you know they work a little different, the style of play, you know, especially with um, Hunter, very different. Um, I think a lot of times Hunter, you're not really necessarily hunting Garou. Um, I'd play that. I'd want to play that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I, I think they did a pretty good job. I had a lot of fun running it. Um the group seemed to like it, you know, if you have the, it, it is a little involved. So I would say that about, um, you know, if you're just, if you're thinking about dipping some toes into the tabletop RPG realm, you don't want to start with this. Because <laughs> this, this, this is too spicy for you. It's a lot. It's too yeah. spicy. Yeah. That's why we put a mature content warning. We did. <laughs> Um, yeah, it is. I mean, it does deal with like mature themes. Like, so obviously this is, you know, if you're, if you're a parent, um, you know, and the kids are going to play a little bit differently. Um, but you know, this is, they even put it in their, their book that this is really a game more for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, especially other, um, other RPGs can much more easily, some like games like we've regularly played like Cats of Cthulhu, um, much more. Yeah, much more younger, agent friendly. I mean, you don't even count in that game. 
You just have happy cats and you have sad cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually, that's a really, that's a really good point is, is Cats of Cthulhu can be played with very young children. Yeah. Because um, we're going to be kitties. Yeah. What are we going to do? Oh, you're just going to be the kitties. We're going to talk about what the kitties want to do and we'll do whatever you guys want to do with yeah. kitties. Yeah. Uh, how do we play? Well, you roll the die and then there's happy cats and sad cats. If you get happy cats, you can do it. If you get sad cats, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I can play that game with my four-year-old nephew. Yeah, you don't really have to address like. And I mean that is a good thing. That's yeah. a, you know, I I I had a blast with Cats and Cats. I thought that was a really fun game. It's a game you could play. Uh, you know, a group a group of adults could play a round of Cats and Cats uh, in two free hours. Um, yeah, it goes back uh, so to what Dylan was saying that there's a special like each tabletop RPG is doing something different, right? So yeah. that's I why mean, I like I would judge this one on a scale of like how how well does it do at make at like people playing the type of game that's intended by it like it's a if you want a a story focused like gritty realism type game um that's meant to like tell like intense like guru focused like stories that it wants to tell like those goth punk stories that it describes like i would definitely reach for this game and play it again like if that's the type of game i wanted um i think it does a good job at doing what it's intending to do for sure mm -hmm. i agree i agree um i think i think renegade really kind of nailed it um i would play it again uh, i would be excited to i have i have where i have vampire so you know next year maybe we'll be we'll be the baddies mm. hun we will be the baddies I would love that. I, I I'm excited for that. You are. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you try and be an unrepentant monster, but you you feed off the blood of the living. So, yep. Mm -hmm. Like yep. the scale, the scale of you not being awful is really it's, it's really just kind of on the scale of how not awful are you? <laughs> in this game, in werewolf. Versus good, good versus evil. Yeah, yeah you can yeah. really kind of run the gamut. You can be really kind of just you can just be bloodthirsty monster you can be yeah. kind of like connected to the the human morality uh not so much yeah. not, not so much yeah. uh and then you know i'd like to play i'd, I'd play uh hunter too that's you know sounds fun i i'm excited for them to do maybe some uh some expansions and and bring in the uh the Gural, uh, which are the Were Bears. What? That's um, a thing? Yeah, that was the thing. That was one of the expansions that they did with um, Werewolf the Apocalypse. They did. Yeah. They did Were Bears, and Were Bears are cool because they're they're slightly more powerful because um, they're yeah. designed to be more solitary creatures. Yeah, the, the book Sometimes makes reference to like other shifting groups. It just happens to be that like the Guru or the one that survived like they're the last ones left oh yeah that is that is uh that is something they did kind of allude to is that they're uh, as far as we know the girl uh the garu or the the last of the kin and that was the um, word i was trying to think what the how they just what the word for, yeah. for that was the last of the kin hmm. um but who knows maybe they'll roll out some some other stuff because the they had some they had some funky stuff. They had shark people and gator people and minotaurs and they got it got real it got real funky fresh toward the, the later 
Now these shark people, does are you saying that I could be like a street shark? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm saying exactly that. Yeah, that. yeah, that's that's pretty much what they were. Um in their in their crinos form, I think. Um they were they were like street sharks. Yeah, I think they've they've updated vampire, hunter, and werewolf all on this system so far of the various like World of Darkness games. I think those yeah. are the three that they've updated. I don't know if they have plans for doing however many other Great ones sure. they used to have. Oh, well, they, they, they went, they went, they, some of them got really weird, not weird, but just really cerebral and ethereal toward the end. I mean, there was changeling and there was like one where you were like a ghost. There was one where you were like a Frankenstein monster. There was mummy. Um, <laughs> there was, I mean, maybe the one that they might do next is, um, is the demon mm. um, where you are a denizen of hell inhabiting a body you have yeah. possessed someone i'm getting huge supernatural vibes this is sweet i mean that's what hunter uh, the reckoning is that okay. it's it's supernatural yeah. hunter the reckoning is like the first three seasons of supernatural that's awesome yeah back when it was like gritty and like be like, oh no, you you know, hunters are short lived. Before it's like, I am Jesus, returned well, in the form of Jensen Ackles. <laughs> I will say, it seems like Sam and Dean they they always survive, but like even in the later seasons, the hunters die off still pretty quickly. <laughs> no, nobody really sticks around. Yeah. It was also supposed to end in season five. Like it wasn't supposed yeah. to keep going. Hey. Yeah, that, that show that show canonically ended at season five. Everything after that's just fan fiction. Yeah, <laughs> there there's still some good moments. That there's, pl- there's plenty of there's plenty of fun good moments. I kept I've watched the whole thing. Yeah, um, fun moments. Yeah, are there good moments? Yes, yes, um, there are. The the one guy playing. Playing. Wait, be careful. Ashley hasn't seen all of it. Uh, well, she's she's not going to watch this video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's got to limitations on that kind of thing. I just yeah. went out for like, I mean, yeah, what is it still cool. going? No, no they it, season. that's actually the only season I haven't watched. So, yeah, no, I fucking I loved uh, what's his face is Kane. Um, who's that actor? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I'll look it up. I'll look Please it up. Give me a second. No, it's not Steve Buscemi, but uh, I love him. I love him. He's one of my favorite actors. He was in Gallivant, and I love Gallivant so much. Bring back Gallivant, Gallivant season three. Timothy Michael Udmundson. Sure. Timothy Udmundson. Yeah. He was really he's, he's got full hair, yeah. full beard. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 Him yep, is, yep, yep. He, he was really good as Kane, and the Demon Dean thing was fun enough. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll hold off on last season spoilers because there's definitely some cl- complaints to be made. Oh, um, I was just saying that they get like the bunker in like season eight. And I think that's that's a really cool thing. I thought, yeah, the, the men of letters bunkers thing was 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 a neat little subplot. Timothy as Amundsen. I'll I'll link it to you. But anyways, we, we need to go too deep on onto this different after. Did you not see Gallivant? Oh, watch Gallivant. Oh, I know this guy. He is yeah. he's good in a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. He he's a great character actor. He's hilarious. He, like he's Woody, the Woodpecker show in 2017. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm making a bad joke. All right, we'll 
you know. <laughs> but everybody I, does stuff that's not great, okay? <laughs> um I think we've we've digressed fully from from Werewolf. I think it's time to wrap up the conversation. Thank so the too. Time. Wow. listening to our little ramble at the end <laughs> yeah um we'll but, try out gallivant the role-playing game uh, they have one. Oh my god no they don't they, they don't, don't have that um let's make one and let's make singing mandatory i think it would be very yeah i think it would be very difficult to translate musical theater into a tabletop rpg no they do it at improv shows all the time it's really just improv with rolling dice you know, tabletop role-playing games yeah, uh, oh. it's just it's just lots of persuasion rules. <laughs> but we should give. Yeah. Do we Sorry, want to talk about what we're doing next? I was going to say attributions, yeah. and then maybe next. Yeah, yeah, we can we can give give our our one final shouts outs shout outs to to werewolf everybody. The, werewolf the apocalypse. Yeah. Obviously, we already talked about it. Made by Renegade Game Studios, they do a bunch of different stuff other than Vampire the Masquerade and Hunter the Reckoning. Uh, they do yeah. a ton of like uh well-known ips as as like uh they got tabletop role-playing they, games yeah joe they yeah. got power rangers and some yep. of these exist as tabletop games too that we haven't played just yet mm-hmm. uh you know so transformers um, yeah transformers you know um i can't wait to be the rock mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just gonna be the rock that's my character and you'd be like hey what's your name I'm like dwayne johnson like i am the rock um we we used uh roll 20 mostly for rolling this this campaign but uh very easy to do i think we mentioned it before but roll 20 we love it uh uh just for hosting our campaigns and like being able to see all of our dice rolls going at once uh you can set it where if you use the greater than or less than you can do it um like we were saying like it showed us how many were like above six or six or above uh, which was super helpful and just counting successes and making that quicker. Um, that was super cool. Um, what else did we use? Oh, uh, right now you're seeing in the background. Uh, this is part of this is actually free art asset uh, from Renegade themselves. Uh, it was a part of, I believe, Vampire the Masquerade. But basically they said you're allowed to kind of use it for your campaigns and, and settings and stuff. As long as you include the little dark pack stamp and make sure you read the dark pack. What it, what all entails of that? It's just making sure you understand that their IP is their IP. Um, so dark packs. We may have sold our souls to Renegade. I'm not sure. We didn't read the fine print. A little bit, you know. You know. What's what's one dark pack between friends? Yeah, just We used Hero Forge. That's what you see with Ashley in her wolf form right now, but also uh, Dan's character. We made all three of our main forms, our wolf, our human, and our Krinos form uh, in in Hero Forge, uh, which is really cool to be able to, to do all three of those forms uh, pretty well in all of that. Mm-hmm. They also have werebears. If you're curious about that, you can be a werebear uh, in Hero Forge, which is cool. Uh, level. You do what you like. Yeah. 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 Live. They're very, very constantly updating and adding Every all month. sorts of new bits yeah. and doodads to to Hero Forge. Yeah, both they're they're very doing cool. a very cool program. Um, they're doing a like twelve days of uh, Xmas, I think, right now, mm-hmm. and so is Renegade. Actually, they're doing a different deal each day. We're currently on day eight. If you're watching today, 
Um, hopefully they, they're still doing the 12 deals of Renegade while you're watching. Go check them out. So, yeah. I won't care until they release Heroescape again. <laughs> uh. oh. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, I think that's all our attributions. Mm-hmm. Who wants all to, right. Who wants to say what we're doing next? Oh, I think you should, Spence, because yeah. I think you're going to be our... You're going to be DMing it. I'm making you GM it. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. You're going to be our I, GM. Going I, back to our regularly scheduled Game Master, Spencer. <laughs> I'm back, baby. Um, I'm only yeah. bring in Justin for the goth spooky stuff. <laughs> uh, you did such a great job. I love your storytelling, though. That's why uh, I... Thanks. I watched a lot of Tim Burton growing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, no. Uh, we're taking three months kind of a break. It's the holidays. Wait, you know, we got New wait. Year's. We got Christmas. What? You said that? three months. Three months? Three, I'm sorry, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, we're taking a three-week break. Whoa. We want to finish up Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, and New Year's. Uh, we did get a hello in the chat, by the way. Hello! Uh, Hi! Very forested. Very forested. I hope I said that right. Uh, but welcome. Welcome in. Unfortunately, you're catching us right as we're about to leave. But, uh, like we were saying... Um, we have a new RPG we're going to do beginning of January. Tune in probably January 7th. We're still getting all of our schedules down, but uh, uh, we are doing Lancer. Uh, if you haven't heard of Lancer, it is a it is it's an indie RPG, right? It's considered indie. Um, um, I mean, the the line between indie and not indie is is very thin. Um, that's true. So they uh, it is a mech mech rpg so kind of, it's gonna be gundam wing the rpg yeah. yeah it's uh by massive press they're the uh, the, the company behind it um or is it is it a little bit more is it in space or is it a little bit more like uh maybe a titanfall is a better like um it's got space space stuff going on um i think you can do battles in space i think it's mostly terrestrial in terms mm. of like the the mech fighting yeah, it's a little bit more like a little bit more like titanfall yeah yeah uh, there were plenty. There were plenty of on on planet Gundam fights in Gundam Wing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's super exciting because uh, Lancer uh, is kind of a tactical RPG when it comes to like the mech uh, combat on your missions and stuff like that. But kind of a rules light uh, storytelling when you're outside of uh, that, when you're just kind of like in your downtime and everything. So very excited to do that uh i'm very happy to run it dalton specifically wanted to be a player for yeah. this well i want to i want to build my mech i want to customize it yeah. i want to paint it i want to yeah. put cool yeah. lasers on it laser sword <laughs> so Can we get a yeah. laser sword oh there uh, has to be a beam yeah. saber in there i'm not gonna be for Boom. sure they, one of the art is a like a giant mech in a cowboy hat shooting a revolver so <laughs> oh i want that i want that instead New thing I called it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, so, show you, I'll show you pictures of the tequila Gundam after we get it. Yeah. It's a ten thousand gallon hat. 
Oh, so yeah. So, okay. But uh, yeah, that's that's our time for today. Uh, very versed. Thank you so the much for did. joining us right at the end. But please come back and, and see us again when we come back in January, most likely January 7th. Oh, um, and don't forget to uh, check us out on YouTube. We got all the stuff already loaded up. So if you want to check us out and, you know, maybe come back and, and check us out again after the, the break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of our no. previous sessions uploaded, but we also do um, how-to videos on there. We got how-tos for Call Cthulhu. We mentioned Cast of Cthulhu, and we have more on the way. So, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have the werewolf one up sooner than later. Yes, actually, all maybe, of our maybe later. Than the, the the full vods for the werewolf campaign are up on YouTube. If you wanted to yeah. watch our werewolf campaign, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yes. Cool. So as always, yeah, thanks for watching and uh, keep on learning, guys. Thank you. Bye.